to One Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. last Sunday. I, I was privileged to be here last Sunday just to be a part and hear the message. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. That word was one of the most powerful messages. I And I've heard a lot of good preachers, uh, but I'm going to tell you something. Justin literally preached us under the seats last week. I mean, it was an amazing, amazing word. And, and I know, I know we're in this series, and I, I, I want to just kind of pick up, connected to that, to the mission uh, that the church is called to. So this is kind of, as, as Justin last week talked about the kingdom of God, really the kingdom of God is the mission, all right? That is the mission. I loved what he brought last week when he put those two circles up there. He put those two circles and he talked about, you know, okay, you got the kingdom of God here and you got the kingdom of this world here. And, and, and literally, it's the, the kingdoms. We're reaching out by faith and laying hold of the kingdom of God and bringing the kingdom of God into the kingdom of this world. Uh, let me jump ahead and show you a verse of scripture. If you'll flip up, uh, Gabriel, if you'll help me here. Put that verse at Hebrews 12, 28 up there. I, I want to just show you this. You know, I, I feel like it's so important that we grasp this. Notice what it says. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Now, I, I, want, to, I want to explain something to you. Notice that phrase, therefore, since we are receiving... We are receiving. That phrase is a present active tense. In other words, it's you are in the process of receiving something. Jesus is handing something to you. You, by faith, are reaching out and laying hold of what he's giving to you. Therefore, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So you see this overlap. What Justin was talking about last week is so real. And so important. Listen, this is the explanation of so many areas of confusion within the body of Christ. <clears throat> because a lot of times people say, well, I prayed for so-and-so and they didn't get healed. Or I sought to believe God for this and it didn't happen. Here it is. We are receiving. So the phrase that was used last week was, it is here but not yet. Okay, we, we have it, but yet we are in the process of getting it. Okay, the, we, we have measures of the kingdom of God. All right, I've not seen everybody I prayed for that was sick get healed, but I have seen some, hallelujah. All right, I, 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 I can't tell you that I've done a lot of raising the dead, but I have seen one raised from the dead. All right, come on now. I, I, I have seen something. I may not have seen everything, but I have seen something. All right, I may not have gotten a hold of everything, but I have gotten a hold of something, hallelujah. How many of you can give God praise for that? You see, we are receiving. We are receiving. There is something going on. And, and here, when you don't receive everything, 
That doesn't mean that it's not available. Okay? That doesn't mean that, that, that God is not true to His Word. God, God wants us to persevere, to press in. God wants us to go for it with everything we can. And, and we fight the good fight of faith. And we lay hold of eternal life. And we draw it in. Hallelujah. That's what God's calling us to. That's what the church is really all about. So we literally become the extension of the Lord Jesus on planet earth today. We are the body of Christ. We are His people. And so God wants us to move with that. God wants us to uh, per persevere in that. How many of you know Winter Park and all, all of Orlando needs to see the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God. Last week he was talking too about this and I, I feel it's so important we, we just reiterate some things because what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is God's will in heaven. Okay? So Jesus prays, thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth, where we are, as it is where? In heaven. So when you're laying hold of the kingdom of God, you're laying hold of the will of God in heaven and bringing it down into earth. And I, 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 I want to just encourage you with this. That's what God has called us to. And Jesus has defeated sickness and disease. He has defeated demonic strongholds. He has defeated death, hell, and the grave. He has defeated every demon power. There's no demon in hell uh, uh, that can, can exercise dominion over the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The greater one lives within us by the power of the Holy Spirit. He has defeated despair and discouragement and brought joy. He has defeated all the works of darkness and he's brought to us his life. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that can never be shaken, let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. And I, so I want to, I want to encourage you in that. And I want to just kind of pick back up again on that kind of theme today and uh, look with me in Matthew chapter 16. I got into the worship this morning and immediately began to feel the Lord tweaking my message. So I had to run back and tell Gabriel, Gabriel, drop this verse, go to this verse. And we're going to just kind of run with God and we'll see what the Lord has. So let's just pray right now. Father, we thank you for your wonderful Holy Spirit. And we are very, very needful this morning of your anointing and your power. Lord, I, I can't preach your word apart from you bringing the inspiration and bringing the anointing, bringing your life. There's nobody here that can hear what heaven has to say except you open up our ears and give us revelation. And I ask you right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, let there be a a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of the risen Jesus Christ today. Let it fall on this church. Let people's eyes be open. Let their ears be open that they hear and see what your will and plan is. 
And then may we be more than hearers, may we be doers. Lord, when we leave this place, let us leave this place with a sense of purpose and mission as we seek to see your kingdom come, your will be done in Winter Park and Orlando and all the surrounding areas on our jobs, in our neighborhoods, in schools, as it is in heaven, let it be so. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Can I, can I just stop here for a second? That's what, the peop what people are saying all around now. Listen, we've seen religion. We've seen formality. But people want to know, is Jesus real? Is God real? He said, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock, not the rock of Peter, but the rock of the revelation that Peter had, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I want, I want to just emphasize a couple of points in this passage. First of all, I want you to see that Peter has a revelation. He has a revelation. He has something. His eyes have been opened to a truth. And that truth was that Jesus was not just a prophet, that Jesus was not just a good religious man, that Jesus was not even like his cousin John the Baptist, that Jesus was really the son of the living God. He was the son of the living God. I want to tell you something today. Your faith is not in religion. Your faith is not in some kind of dead formality. Your faith is in the risen son of God. Jesus is his name. The Bible says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. No other religion, no other way, only Jesus. And when we have that revelation, I'm, I'm talking about where our eyes get opened up. Have you ever read the Bible and while you're reading the Bible, suddenly the Bible changes and it's like something came alive in it. Well, literally this book is the Logos or the written Word of God. And as soon as the written Word of God becomes the revealed Word of God, it becomes the rhema. And there is a big difference between the Logos of God and the rhema of God. And what Peter had was a rhema. He had a rhema. His eyes got, it was like, wow, he's the son of the living God. And Jesus answers him and he said, you're blessed, Peter. You're blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. And because you've had this revelation. And Peter, I want to tell you something. On that revelation, 
Not the revelation of formality. Not the revelation of good doctrine. Not the revelation of going to church. Now I believe in all of that, all right? Not the formality. But I, I, believe, I, believe, in, I believe in going to church. I believe in, in good sound doctrine. But I want to tell you something. None of those things are going to transform your life and they're certainly not going to transform this community. If it would have, it would have done it a long time ago, all right? We've had a lot of doctrine and we've had a lot of church and we've had a lot of other... Okay, what we need is Jesus to show up and bring his kingdom and manifest his kingdom in this community. And when Jesus shows up, everything changes. Hallelujah. Everything changes. <coughs> Pardon me. And so he says, you're blessed because you have this revelation. And he says, I'm going to do two things. The first thing he says is, I will build my church. I will build my church. In other words, I will enlarge my church. I will do something to increase and establish my church, my ecclesia, my called out ones. That is, who are the called out ones? Everyone who's received Jesus and everyone who's had a revelation of who Jesus is. They're the ecclesia. And, and so as soon as you hear and understand, and your eyes are open, and you receive that revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you qualify to be a part of that church that Jesus is building. That's why we don't put the emphasis on the platform on Sunday services. I want to tell you something. We're here as the body of Christ. We're here to be equipped together. We're here to be stirred up and inspired together, and then we're here to be uh, mobilized to go out into the community and to bring the kingdom of God. That's what God has called us to. So he says, he says those two things. He says, first of all, I will build my church. And then he makes this second thing. He says this very unique second thing. And I will give you the keys. I will give you the keys. Now, when you've had the revelation that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, hello, you've had the revelation that he is really who he said he was, He's the son of the living God. You qualify now as a part of the church that he's building. And he says, I will build my church and I will give you the keys. Somebody give me their keys right now. Give me their keys. Bad throw. Now, is there a car key here? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You got a car key? Give me a car key. I need a car key. That's a Volkswagen. I need a good car key. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I got a switchblade. Everybody saw he just gave me his keys, right? Now, there's, there's something interesting about keys because keys represent something. All right? How many of you have ever seen a kid walk around who's little? He's got keys on his. Get keys. It's a big, it's a big deal, get keys. How many of you remember when you turned 16 and your parents did the same thing that Justin just did? They throw you the keys. It's a big moment, isn't it? It's a big moment. Why? 
because it's saying something. It's saying, it's communicating, it's not just the keys. I mean, these keys, I mean, this is just a little electronic device. It probably costs a whole lot more than it's worth. About probably 300 bucks for that little key right there. And a couple of house keys. But it represents something. And when Jesus says, I will give you the keys. Uh, last week I drove in and I, I pulled in in front of uh, Matt Hammer. And I, I thought, have you ever seen his car? I said, why isn't he here today to throw me his keys? I said, yeah, I'd like to get his keys. But listen, the keys represent something. And when Jesus says, I will give you the keys, he is saying to every one of us more than just saying, you're going to get to go around carrying some keys on your waist. The first thing that keys represent is keys represent authority. You see, Justin just threw me these keys. Now, some of you may have had a gift before you came to the Lord, and that was you could knew how to start up a car without keys. <laughs> now, I, I will tell you, if you had that gift, you might have served had some hospitality offered to you free of charge by the state. <laughs> because when, when you don't have the keys, you don't have authority. And when you do have the keys, you do have authority. Okay, you see, Jesus has given to us, as his church, he has given us authority. Now, what is authority? Authority is the right. It is the right. Do you realize you have the right to bring the kingdom of God into the lives of people because you belong to Jesus Christ? You have the right. I will say it even more. You have the responsibility because Jesus doesn't just give out keys uh, without purpose. He gives out the keys because he knows that you and I will use the keys to do what the keys were intended for. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians. He says this in verse 20. He says, we are therefore Christ what? Ambassadors. Christ ambassadors. And, and as though God were making his appeal through us. That authority has come to us. I remember a few years ago I was working in and out of the country of Benin. And the president at that time, he, he, he was a believer. He's with the Lord now. His name is Matthew Karaku. And the Lord wonderfully gave us favor with him. And I remember he invited me to come to the palace in Benin. And he took me around. He took me in this big room. And he said to me, he said, do you know what this room is? I said, no, I don't know what this room is. He said, this is the Hall of Ambassadors. I said, the Hall of Ambassadors. He said, yes, this is where when an ambassador comes from, a, from another nation, he and I meet in this room and he presents his papers which are the authority that was given to him by the country that sent him and I receive him as an ambassador to this nation. You are therefore Christ ambassadors. One of the challenges I believe we have is this. 
we are Christ ambassadors, but there needs to be a recognition of the spiritual authority that has been given to us. And that comes when we exercise the dominion that is ours through Jesus Christ by using the keys that He's given to us. Hallelujah. You know, if, you, if, if someone is sick and dying and you pray for them and you bring healing to them in the name of the Lord Jesus, you don't have to announce very much to them. They already know that Jesus sent you. Hallelujah. You, they, he's an ambassador. Hallelujah. He's an ambassador because you have authority. You see, keys give you authority. The second thing that keys give you is not only authority, they give you ability. You see, when you have keys, you have authority, but until you take and use the keys, you don't really have ability. But when you use the keys, you begin to have ability. I want to tell you, there are times you will be thrust into situations that you never planned on, you couldn't, you didn't put on your calendar, but they just came your way. I remember years ago when I, I, I had been teaching school at a, a school in Daytona, and one of the teachers, she was a believer, uh, her name was Marilyn, was one of the, my coworkers. And I remember she calls me one night and she says to me, Ron, I've got a problem. I wonder if you could pray with me about it. I said, absolutely. She said, my boyfriend's demon-possessed. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you and your boyfriend have had a fight probably and you just think he's demon-possessed. She says, no, I, he's demon-possessed. I'm like, wow. She says, can you come over to my house and talk to him? I'm kind of like, well, can I just pray from here? <laughs> she says, can you come over? So I said, all right. So I remember telling my father, Dad, why don't you come with me? I'm going to a counseling session. <laughs> and tell him, we're casting out demons. Actually, I didn't even know. I didn't even know what to expect because I had never been involved in anything like this before. And I went into this girl's house, and the first thing I noticed was, well, actually, it wasn't Marilyn's house. It was his house, this guy, this boyfriend's house. And I noticed something very strange. On every one of the shelves and pictures on the wall, there was these really weird, weird, dark pictures and, and, this, uh, and picture statues of gargoyles and nasty-looking demon faces. I'm like, how many of you people decorate your house like this? This is, like, weird. And I'm thinking, is this odd? And she's telling me he's demon-possessed, and I'm thinking, oh. Then she shows me some iron legs from the table that had been torn off. The dining room table had these iron legs, and they had been ripped off in a fit of rage by her wonderful boyfriend, and tied in knots like a piece of rope. And I said, this is odd. So I said, and he seemed like a nice guy. He just seemed like a very nice, normal guy. And I sat down with him, and my dad did, and Marilyn did, in the living room. And we began to talk to him. And he told us the story how again and again he's had these unbelievably dark encounters where this 
rage comes over him. And when this rage comes over him, he completely loses all uh, uh, capacity to reason. And how on one occasion he tried to kill uh, a uh, cousin with a tractor. He tried to run over him with a tractor. On another occasion, how he beat a guy so bad he had to be hospitalized for over a week to recover. And he said, there's just this rage that comes over. And I'm looking at the dining room legs and I'm thinking, hmm, I believe it. I believe it. And I'm sitting there and my dad is hearing this stuff too. And I, I, I remember, I said, well, let's, let's read the scripture. So I opened up to Romans chapter 8 and I began to read. While I'm reading the scripture, this boyfriend says, I can feel it. I said, feel what? <laughs> I can feel it. All of a sudden he goes, I mean the most horrific thing. He lets out this scream. He turns around and he had been sitting on a hideaway bed. Any of you ever tried to lift up a hideaway bed? I mean, they're like 5,000 pounds. Not really, but I mean, they're probably 300 pounds anyway. He turned around, grabbed the hideaway bed, picked it up over his head, slammed it on the floor, it opened up, and he's saying, I'm a wolf, I'm a wolf, nobody can bind a wolf. My dad says, I think we'll leave now. <laughs> I said, and while, well, as soon as my dad said, I think we'll leave, I said, no, something rose up on the inside of me, an authority rose up on the inside of me. And I remember I said to him, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave now in Jesus' name. And he's screaming, I'm a wolf, I'm a wolf, nobody combined a wolf. And it was like somebody hit him with a baseball bat. Bow, boom. He's like a dead man laying on the floor. And I'm thinking, what in the world just happened? I'll tell you what just happened. It was the collision of kingdoms that just happened. The kingdom of heaven just came to earth in that room. And when Jesus showed up, demons had to go. And this guy, yeah. And this guy, this guy laid there for probably 60 seconds. And when he comes out, he comes out with this really goofy look on his face. And he said, My name is Leon. I'm like, your name's not Leon, it's Steve. What are you doing? It was another demon. A second spirit cast it out. The same kind of thing happened. And this guy hits the floor a second time. The third time he comes up and he's spewing all kinds of vile filth. And here's this girl that he was dating right there. I knew it was an unclean spirit. A third time. Three distinctive times. And all three times, it was the same thing. There was a confrontation. In the name of Jesus, I command you to go. And as uh, I would say in Jesus' name, you go. It was like somebody hit him with a baseball bat. Bow, he'd go to the floor, and he would lay there and lay there, and then finally he'd come to. Three different times that happened. But on the last time when he came up, he came up and he's crying. And his first words, he, nobody said, you know, how are you feeling? He comes up in his first words, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. That guy literally 
He came through to salvation. We prayed for him to receive Christ. You're talking about easy. It was so easy to lead him to Jesus. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we took him that night to a Bible study where he gave testimony to what Jesus Christ did. He ended up marrying Marilyn, and they're living happily ever after up in Ohio. Let let, let me tell you something. That's what the kingdom of God looks like. Jesus gives you authority and he gives you ability by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing he does is he gives you access. You see, keys give you access. Keys open things to you and to me that are not available to us apart from the keys. Okay? Jesus didn't say, okay, you'll kick the door down to get what I promised you. No, no, I give you the keys. I give you the keys. I don't only have the keys to the car, I got the keys to the house. I got the keys. I want to tell you something. I was very aware last week. Thank you, Justin. I was very aware last week that the Holy Spirit is setting you all up. God is at work in this church. In the most, most remarkable way. Scott, I want you to come up here a minute. This is Scott Howe. Most of y'all know Scott. Appreciate Scott. And I, uh, Scott traveled for five years with Reinhardt Bunky. Maybe that name's not, you're not familiar with it, but Reinhardt, God powerfully, powerfully worked through Reinhardt's ministry. And so many people, millions of people heard the gospel. But there were some profound demonstrations of the kingdom of God. Just share it quickly. Yeah. It's amazing if you've ever seen pictures of Bonke's meetings. It's up to a million people in Africa. They come, they walk for seven days sometimes, and they camp out. During the day when there's no meeting, there's between twenty and 30,000 people camping waiting for the meeting to start because they're hungry. And I think it's because of the things we see. And we go there. It was amazing to walk with Reinhardt and say, he's going there expecting to demolish strongholds that are holding the people. And when we have that type of mindset that, wait, I'm walking here wherever I am because I am to crush and demolish the strongholds in people's lives, not because of who I am or you are, but because we have the keys and the responsibility. That's right. And as we would stand there, and he would just preach the gospel, just as you said you were reading the Bible, yeah. him knowing the authority, knowing the authority in the word, things would begin to happen. There was a guy that they brought to the meeting who was completely insane. They had to chain him to a tree in their village and feed him like a dog because he tore off all his clothes and he would hurt himself and hurt people. So they managed to bring him to a meeting and tie him to a tree far out away from the meeting. But when you got a million people, you got a sound system that can reach a mile and a half away. Funny enough, plenty of times people would come to the crusade the second or third day and say, I was lying in my bed paralyzed in my house and I heard the gospel and the power came in and I felt something shoot through my body and I stood up and I came here to testify <laughs> what God has done. Come on. Come on. And so this man comes and we didn't know any of that. And after the gospel is preached, they bring this man up with some clothes on him, and he's, they ask his name, and he tells them his name, and he begins to tell them that I had no idea where I was, but as soon as I heard something, 
it came into me, and I came to my right self. And I, was stand, and I was wondering why I was naked and where I was. And they cut the chains off of this man. And he testified that he was in his right mind. Because the power of God. Yeah. Because it's not God's intention for any man to live yeah. insane. Or to live bound. And we have to own that. You know? Yeah. There was a lady who brought her three girls. It was the most precious thing. Young triplets. Their eyes pure white. They were blind. Born blind. And here they are. Maybe... I don't know, 11 years old or something like that. And on the second or third night, when we prayed for the sick, the lady brings up her three daughters, and all of them can see perfectly their <laughs> eyes. Color comes back into their eyes. Because it's not God's intention that we would live blind. It's not God's intention. It's in, if we're grabbing the authority and the things of heaven and bringing them to earth, there's no blindness in heaven. There's no demonic possession. There's no madness. That's right. You know? And as I saw this in years, I'm like, well, this is, this is the authority of the kingdom. That's right. And I used to think for many years it was the authority of special men and special women who have set themselves apart. And then I read in the scripture, it says that the eyes of the Lord go to and That's right. fro Come throughout on. the earth looking to see who he can show his power on their behalf. That's Those right. who love him and are committed to him. Yeah. I believe yeah. it's Chronicles, Second Chronicles. I took a, so me being here a lot of the time in, 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 in North America... I took a painting of mine, a bunch of paintings. You guys know that we run a creative ministry. We took paintings down to a dance project at Lake Eola, and um, I had a bunch of these little paintings, and I would just give them to people that I felt and gave them the word. And I had one painting left, and I'm here watching the dancers perform, and this guy comes. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Begin to talk to him, tell him about the dance thing. Um, and I have this one painting left, and the one painting left that I have I, I painted, I don't know, it's completely black, except for this little door of light, and there's a person, like, just stepping into it. That's the last painting I have, and I'm like, Lord, somebody needs this. Kingdom needs to come in somebody's right. life. Right. And so I start talking to this guy, and I'm like, how did you get here? How did you find out? He said, well, I just got out. I was locked up for five years. I just got out last week, and I'm running from the darkness because it's pulling at me, and I don't want to go back, and I don't know how to get rid of it, and I just looked on my phone. I got to go out. I got to be at an event, because at home, I just, it overtakes me, so I came here, and I'm just watching this, and I just, I, I need to get free, and he begins to tell me, and I can't believe the, the language he's using. I need to come out of this darkness. It's pulling me back, and dude, I'm like, I have one painting left, and I pray God bring someone who needs this painting, and I show him the painting, and he begins to cry, because it's this person stepping out, and I'm like, I believe God sent me here to pray for you, to pull you into the light. And he begins to cry, and we pray together, and the kingdom comes and fills his heart and fills him with joy. Because it's not, people aren't meant to walk in darkness and bondage. We know that from the scripture. So wherever we are, we have to ask the question, where does kingdom need to come today? That's we right. were in a neighborhood doing an outreach, giving away food, you know, because it's not God's intention that people would be poor. Right? Sean, I think you have a line in one of your poems, gentleness is just as supernatural as raising the dead, right? Come on. And giving food and taking care of poverty and, and, and tending to the sick. One of the supernatural things next to raise the dead in the Bible is to bind up the brokenhearted. That's right. How That's beautiful right. is that? That's right. So there we were, giving out food, right? Sharing with people, <laughs> loving on them. But that's not enough because kingdom's more than just that. And we have to know that. We can't just say, well, I'm comfortable with just food. When you understand who you are, you can't just do that anymore. So there was a young girl there, maybe nine years old, 
very bad allergies. Her mother told me that she always suffers with this thing in the night for many years. She's had it for years. I'm like, well, that's not God's intention, allergies. So we grabbed her by the hands and we prayed for her. Just simple prayer, this little girl. And boom, immediately her, her head all cleared up and everything. And she got completely healed. The mama's crying. She's super happy. I see her a year later. She comes to another thing we're doing. And she's completely healed, completely fine. We begin to pray. She receives the Holy Spirit. She's crying. This girl will never be the same because allergies are not God's intention. So as we will look around and we go, we have to ask, where does kingdom need to come in this place? That's exactly right. Because we have been anointed. We have the keys. And it's not right that we just stand beside those who are sick, those who are hurting, those whose marriages are, are, are in craziness, those who are, have anxiety. With one touch, that anointing we have can smash Amen. that thing, right? Amen. Come on. Yeah. Come, come on, let's give Jesus a hand. Right. Wait right here. Trust me. I, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Um, you see, one of the tremendous things that I, is supposed to happen when we gather is every week we're not supposed to just come and gather and hear another message and then another message and then another message and then another message. We hear, we receive, we do. Okay? The keys. You got to want the keys, you got to receive the keys, and then you got to use the keys. All right? And you've been given the keys. You've been given the keys. And I, I, I believe that what our gathering on Sunday morning is supposed to be is a time where we worship and honor God, but it's also when we celebrate what God has done that week through the church. And we bring back, and we have, it's like show and tell what Jesus has done. It's like God moving over our city. God bringing freedom to the captives. God, bringing healing to the sick. God, opening the eyes of the blind. Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now in this place. We welcome you. And we pray, Father, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth, in Winter Park, in Orlando, in the surrounding area, through us, as it is in heaven. I ask you, Father, that by the power of your Spirit, there will be a mighty wave of your glory that sweeps over this community because, Lord, of the obedience of your people here. May one church, park, district, be mobilized like never before to advance your kingdom. May we be the ambassadors you called us to be. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift your hands right now and just begin to worship him.